Alright, welcome back to chapter 37, Obstetrics and Care for the Newborn. We'll cover the anatomy and physiology of the obstetric patient, antepartum or pre-delivery emergencies, and labor and normal delivery, abnormal delivery, and care of the newborn. Alright, your case study intro, EMTs Lacey Schroeder and Alan Phillips arrive on the scene of a dispatch for an OB call to find an obviously pregnant woman in her 30s who appears to be uncomfortable and anxious. <clears throat> only, I'm only 35 weeks, she says. The baby shouldn't be here for another month, but I think they're coming now. At 35 weeks of gestation, what is the risk of distress if the baby is born now? How should the EMTs prioritize the order of the information they need? What factors will determine whether there is time to transport the patient to the hospital? Childbirth is a natural process. On occasion, EMTs assist with out-of-hospital delivery. Complications of pregnancy, labor, and delivery are not common, but EMTs must be prepared to manage them when they occur. Alright, anatomy of pregnancy, ovaries, they produce hormones, release eggs or ova, fallopian tubes, fertilization of the ovum may occur, transport ovum to the uterus. The uterus has three sections, the fundus, body, cervix, the cervix dilates to allow delivery, three layers, endometrium, myometrium and parametrium. The smooth muscle layers contract during labor allows development of the fetus. The placenta, temporary organ of pregnancy attached to the inner uterine wall, highly vascular, provides for fetal nourishment and waste removal, separates from the uterus after delivery and is expelled. The umbilical cord, the umbilical cord attaches to the fetus, excuse me, attaches the fetus to the placenta. The umbilical vein carries oxygen and nutrients to the fetus. Umbilical arteries carry deoxygenated blood from the fetus to the placenta. Amniotic sac encloses the fetus, contains 500 to 1,000 milliliters of amniotic fluid. It may rupture at the beginning of labor. Vagina, lower portion of the birth canal, extends from the cervix to an external opening of the body. And here we go, there's a picture of all that. We see at the top, we see the placenta, the fundus of the uterus, that wall the uterus itself and then we have the umbilical cord we see it coming around and attached it to the baby's um, belly button the cervix and that's where they're checking for dilation whenever um, they see how far along uh, the woman is dilated amniotic fluid is what the baby is encased in in the amniotic sac and the birth canal the vagina and you need to study this and uh, become familiar with it. You need to kind of have this in your mind, what's going on. The menstrual cycle. The cycle averages 28 days and is controlled by estrogen and progesterone. The first day of the cycle begins with menstruation. <clears throat> menstruation, excuse me. During the menstruation, the endometrium is shed. After menstruation, the endometrium is rebuilt. So the shedding of the endometrium is what causes the blood from the menstrual cycle. 
The prenatal period for the first 14 days to fertilize ovum is in the pre-embryonic phase. The period from day 15 to 8 weeks is the embryonic stage. The period from 8 weeks to birth is the fetal stage. At birth, the baby is called a neonate. Pregnancy lasts 280 days or 9 calendar months. Physiologic changes in pregnancy caused by hormones, growing fetus, and increased metabolic rate. Many body systems are affected. The reproductive system. Uterus substantially increases in size. The uterus is extremely vascular and contains about one-sixth of the mother's blood volume. A mucus plug forms in the opening of the cervix. The breasts enlarge in preparation for lactation. The respiratory system. The mother's oxygen demand increases. Respiratory tract resistance decreases. Tidal volume increases by 40%. Respiratory rate increases slightly. Oxygen consumption increases by 20%. The cardiovascular system. Cardiac output increases. Maternal blood volume increases. Maternal heart rate increases by 10 to 15 beats per minute. Blood pressure decreases slightly in the first and second trimesters and returns to normal in the third trimester. Gastrointestinal system. Nausea and vomiting commonly occur during the first trimester. Bloating and constipation may occur from a decrease, from a decrease in peristalsis. And peristalsis. is a series of wave-like muscle contract contractions that moves food to different processing stations in the digest excuse me in the digestive tract so that's what peristalsis is so whatever whenever every, everybody digests their food everybody goes through peristalsis so um a pregnant lady is going to have a decrease in peristalsis so they're going to be more bloating and constipation the urinary system renal blood flow increases Glomer, I always have a problem pronouncing this. Glomeruler, glomeruler. <laughs> I know you're probably laughing at me. Uh, glomeruler filtration. I think I got that right. Uh, increases in glomer glomeruler f filtration is the function of the kidneys. Um, so. That's where um, the kidneys are functioning and filtering and, and things like that. Um, and it, it's, it's the, the, there's a rate that it goes by and it, and it increases during uh, pregnancy, causing, um, you know, probably a lot more urination um, and such. So, um, so the urinary, that being said, the urinary bladders display superior, superiorly and anteriorly increasing the risk of injury so it's going to be up and out uh, the front uh, urinary frequency increases in the first and third trimester so there you go because of that uh, increase in filtration the musculoskeletal system the pelvic joints loosen as a result of hormone changes the center of gravity changes caused by the heavy uterus um, accompanied by lower back pain so um, what it's saying is that you know they're gonna pregnant ladies are gonna feel more back pain, lower back pain. Plus, they're gonna be off center, and um, un unlike us who can keep our balance uh, well, pregnant ladies have to readjust, and that's what causes their lower back pain. All right, antepartum condition or hyperemesis gravidarum uh, is extreme morning sickness accompanied by severe nausea and vomiting. Increased hormone levels may cause a severe nausea and vomiting. 
Um, I have two children and I've experienced, um, my, uh, their mother pregnant two times. And, um, people say that these symptoms or these things, uh, are not as bad the second and third time around. I'm, I'm here to tell you that that is incorrect. At least it was for us. Um, she had the antipartum condition, the, uh, hyperemesis, uh, gravidarum, where she was sick a lot in the first trimester. And, um, the hormones were out of whack, let me tell you. All right, so you're going to assess this by uh, seeing severe nausea, severe vomiting, excessive salivation, headaches, syncope, and jaundice, possibly. We all know, let's, let's uh, go back to what jaundice looks like. Um, it's going to be um, the yellow color of the mucous membrane, especially the whites of the eyes, uh, of the skin, that sort of thing, okay? Um, emergency medical care is, care is primarily, primarily supportive. I mean, I don't know what you're going to do. Um, BLS trucks can't give any medication for nausea and vomiting. Um, paramedics can, so you definitely want to be able to make sure you got ALS en route. Uh, ensure an adequate, adequate airway, ventilation, and oxygenation. That's going to be your supportive care. Um, antepartum conditions causing hemorrhaging. Uterine bleeding may or may not be associated with vaginal bleeding. Um, hemorrhage may be life-threatening. Causes include spontaneous abortion, placenta previa, abrupto placente, a ruptured uterus, and ectopic pregnancy. Now, let's go over some of those things. Uh, spontaneous abortion is a miscarriage. So, um, that's just another word. It's not a, it's not a, they're not having an abortion. I mean, at a clinic, they are, the, the baby is aborting itself. Um, so just so you understand, that's what that is. Um, placenta previa is a condition in which the placenta, the placenta, excuse me, partially or wholly blocks the neck of the uterus, thus interfering with normal delivery of the baby. So the placenta is detached or moved down from uh, where it's supposed to be in the uterus and it's blocked that um, birth canal opening so that it's going to be um, almost impossible to um, deliver the baby if um, in in the pre-hospital setting. Um, abrupto placenta, abruptio placenta is, as we talked about earlier, uh, where the placenta uh, uh, ruptures. Um, causing some bleeding. We definitely don't want that. Uh, ruptured uterus is just that. Um, we definitely, um, any, like abrupto placenta, abrupto placenta, ruptured uterus, um, are bad because of hemorrhage and there could be a lot of blood loss and, um, a lot of, um, a lot of shock, um, or possible your patient going into shock. An ectopic pregnancy is, is, is where the fetus develops outside the uterus, typically in the fallopian tube. So um, there are different signs and symptoms of this. Um, what you might see is um, pain in the pelvis, the abdomen, or side part of the body, uh, gastrointestinal bloating, nausea, or vomiting. Um, also some abnormal vaginal bleeding or cramping. Um, and that's obviously you're just going to treat, you're not going to be able to tell if it's in a, if it's in an ectopic pregnancy, um, but you're definitely, or even if it's a placenta, uh, previa, um, because you're not going to like, 
do a full inspection, you know, probe or anything like that, you're going to have to take her to the hospital so she can get examined by a gynecologist or doctors. That, that way they can find out exactly what's going on. Probably some ultrasounds involved and that sort of thing. All right, a spontaneous abortion is a miscarriage. Delivery of the fetus and placenta before the fetus is viable, which is before 20 weeks of gestation. So if a baby is born before 20 weeks of gestation, it is a uh, spontaneous abortion and it is not viable. I'm sorry to tell you this. It's very sad, but you will not be able to save that baby. Um, most often occurs before 12 weeks of gestation. Your assessment, you're going to see cramp-like, lower abdominal pain, similar to labor, moderate to severe vaginal bleeding, which may be bright or dark red, passage of tissue or blood clots. So if, if the girl tells you that she thinks she's had uh, a miscarriage, you need to see, it. hopefully she didn't flush it and she needs, or let you see what it looks like. And if you can, I know this is going to sound delivery, collect it and bring it with you. Ectopic pregnancy, a fertilized ovum is implanted outside the uterus, usually in a fallopian tube. The tissue which surrounds the developing embryo ruptures. And that's what we're going to see right here. Outside of the wall of the uterus. Fallopian tube, locations, these are locations of an ectopic pregnancy here. Here, in the abdomen, fallopian tube, that sort of thing, okay? Nothing you're going to be able to tell. You're just going to have to treat for the signs and symptoms. Keep your patient comfortable. Assessment, you're going to see a dull aching pain, shoulder pain possibly because pain refers to other places of the body. Vaginal bleeding, tender, bloated abdomen, palpable mass in the abdomen, and decreased blood pressure. Emergency medical care is follow the general guidelines for emergency medical care for a pre-delivery emergency. So you're just going to follow those protocols and get her to the hospital. All right, placenta previa, antepartum conditions causing hemorrhaging. The pathophysiology is condition is caused by an abnormal implantation of the placenta near or over the cervix. Excessive bleeding can occur as the cervix begins to dilate. The bleeding is painless. Hemorrhage may be total, partial, or marginal. Anticipate and treat the patient for shock. Remember, anytime we have a hemorrhage, we want to make sure we treat our patients for shock. And there it is, placenta previa. That placenta has, should be up here somewhere, but it has moved or grown right here, okay? And if it ruptures, you're gonna see some bleeding, severe bleeding. Abruptio placentae, abnormal separation of the placenta from the uterine wall prior to delivery. Uh, fetal, that means uh, for the baby, a reduction in fetal blood flow causes fetal hypoxia inadequate nutrient delivery and poor elimination of carbon dioxide and other waste products maternal severe hemorrhage and hypovolemic shock this is for your mother maternal and that's what it's going to look like it's separating and you see the blood flow coming down through the, the uterus your assessment you're going to see vaginal bleeding abdominal pain lower back pain uterine contractions and symptoms of hypovolemic shock which I'm going to say this, and you should know this already. You're going to tell by a skin condition. If you have a pale, cool, clammy skin, diaphoretic, and they're bleeding somewhere, then you are pr pretty much looking at a patient that's about to be or is in shock. Emergency medical care administer the same cares for a placenta previa, administer concentration in oxygen, treat for hypovolemic shock. Ruptured uterus. 
Possibility of the uterine wall rupturing, releasing the fetus into the abdominal cavity. Not a good thing. Has a high mortality rate, unfortunately, and severe maternal hemorrhaging and severe fetal distress. Requires immediate surgery. And unfortunately, that's what it looks like. Um, torn, torn edge of the uterus, and the baby is going into the abdominal cavity. It's a really bad situation. You may see, uh, you may have a history of previous uterine rupture, a history of abdominal trauma, more than two previous births, prolonged difficult labor, constant severe abdominal pain, signs and symptoms of shock. Your emergency medical care is be to follow the general guidelines for emergency medical care or pre-delivery emergency. You're going to get that baby, then his mother, to the hospital. All right. Antepartum seizures and hypertensive emergencies. Seizures during pregnancies. Status epilepticus is especially dangerous. We talked about status epilepticus when we talked about having seizures. Provide the same care as for any seizure patient. Transport the patient on their left side or with their right hip elevated at a 15 degrees to the left if they are greater than 20 weeks gestation. That is to do what? Lift that baby off the vena cava. Pregnancy-induced hypertension. Uh, maternal blood pressure greater than 140 over 90 on two or more occasions of six hours at six hours apart resolves upon delivery of the baby so um my 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 the mother of my children had had uh, hypertension and after she gave birth the, the hypertension went away okay preeclampsia and eclampsia preeclampsia occurs most frequently in the last trimester and is most likely to affect women in their 20s who are pregnant for the first time Eclampsia is a more severe form of preeclampsia and, in, and includes coma or seizures. What happens is, um, and the pathophysiology of these two are history of hypertension, diabetes, kidney or renal disease, liver or hepatic disease, or heart disease. No previous pregnancies, history of poor nutrition, and sudden weight gain. Um, assessment, altered mental status abdominal pain give me one second blurred vision or spots before the eyes uh, excessive swelling of the face fingers legs or feet and um, preeclampsia is a condition in pregnancy characterized by high blood pressure sometimes with fluid retention and proteinuria Pro Proteinuria, uh, protein in the urine. And eclampsia is a condition in which one or more convulsions occur in a pregnant woman suffering from high blood pressure, often followed by a coma. So preeclampsia is going to be hypertension, um, and then eclampsia is going to be convulsions or almost seizures uh, caused by high blood pressure. Oop, back. Supine hypotensive syndrome is what we talked about earlier. Complication occurs in the third trimester. The weight of the fetus compresses the inferior vena cava when the patient is lying in the supine. You're going to see dizziness or lightheadedness when in the supine position, tachycardia, cool, clammy skin, and a de decrease in blood pressure. Your emergency medical treatment is to lift the uh, pregnant lady um, from their right, their right hip 15 degrees.
Okay, scene size up. Consider the dispatch information. Any female between 12 and 50 could potentially be experiencing an obstetric emergency. Primary assessment. Take standard precautions. Assess the mental status, airway, breathing, and circulation. Your secondary assessment. Gather a history. Examine the abdominal region. Obtain a set of baseline vital signs. Um, include appropriate questions such as have you ever been pregnant before if so how many pregnancies which is gravita gravita is how many pregnancies and how many pregnancies resulted in live births so pregnancies is gravita para is live births so if a lady tells you four and four that means she's had four pregnancies four live births if she's told you four and three that means she's had four pregnancies um, three live births one did not make it have there been any previous complications and when was your last normal menstrual period? Signs and symptoms, abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, vaginal bleeding, passage of tissue, weakness, dizziness, altered mental status, seizures, excessive swelling of face or extremities, hypertension. Emergency medical care, provide the pregnant patient with the same emergency medical care you would provide to any patient with the same signs and symptoms. So that being said, let me shorten that up. We're treating the patient for the signs and symptoms. If a patient is at 20 weeks of gestation or more, position them to avoid supine hypotensive syndrome. During your reassessment, if the patient is stable, repeat every 15 minutes. If unstable, every 5 minutes. Maintain the mother's circulation and oxygenation. Uh, maintaining the mother's circulation and oxygenation is critical to saving the fetus. Uh, performing CPR on the mother may save the fetus. All right, labor. This process consists of contractions of the uterus, which expels the fetus and the placenta, placenta out of the uterus and vagina. Normal labor is divided into three stages, dilation, expulsion, placental delivery. And here we go. First stage of labor. This is stages of labor, not pregnancy. Um, the first uterine contraction of, uh, to dilation of the cervix. Second stage of labor, the birth of the baby or expulsion. Third stage is the delivery of the placenta. All right, first stage dilation, stage one for a first time mother, lasts eight to 10 hours and five to seven hours in a woman who has had a child before. At the end of stage one, contractions are irregular three to four minute intervals, last at least 60 seconds each and feel very intensive. Braxton, Braxton Hicks contractions are not labor. Braxton Hicks are just contractions that they, they are just, um, Muscle contractions, they are not labor. Uh, it's not the uterine wall um, contracting. It's the muscles in the abdomen. It's going to give off um, a, a labor-type feel. Uh, the frequency or interval uh, is the time between the start of contractions. Um, the duration describes how long the contraction lasted. The intensity or strength of the contraction describes the amount of pain associated with the contractile force. The second stage or expulsion during the second stage, the infant moves through the vagina and is born. Contractions are less than two minutes apart and last 60 to 90 seconds each. As the infant moves downward, the mother experiences considerable pressure in their rectum. Okay. Um, second stage expulsion, the perineum bulges, indicating impending birth. The infant crowns. After the head delivers, the body follows. The third stage is the placental delivery. In the third stage, the placenta is delivered, usually within 5 to 20 minutes. Do not pull on the umbilical cord to facilitate the delivery of the placenta. Your scene size up, primary and secondary assessment. Determine if delivery is imminent. 
it is best to transport a mother in labor so that the delivery can occur at a hospital. Estimating the gestational age based on fundal height, the closer the top of the fundus, which is the outer lining of the uterus, is to the xiphoid process, which is the very bottom part of the sternum, the higher the number of weeks of gestation. So the closer the top of that uterus, that fundus is to the xiphoid process, the higher the number of weeks of gestation. Gestational age by landmark fundus at the umbilicus is 20 weeks and the fundus at the xiphoid is 38 weeks. Pre-hospital delivery, there is no suitable transportation. The hospital or physician cannot be reached due to bad weather, a natural disaster, or cat catastrophe. Delivery is imminent. These are the reasons why you would have a pre-hospital delivery. Imminent delivery. Determine if the delivery is, in, is imminent by has crowning occurred, which if you inspect the mother's vagina, you see the baby's head, uh, any part of the head. Are contractions less than two minutes apart? Do they last 60 to 90 seconds? Does the patient have the urge to defecate? And does the patient have a strong urge to push? Is the patient's abdomen an ex ex extremely hard? Take standard precautions. Do not touch the vaginal area except during delivery. Do not allow the patient to use the toilet. Do not hold the mother's legs together. Use a sterile obstetrics kit. Click on the finding that should prompt you to anticipate the need for immediate on-the-scene delivery. If you chose D, the mother states that she needs to have the feel to defecate, you'd be correct. As the baby descends into the birth canal, the mother will have a feeling of pressure on the rectum such as that caused by the need to have a bowel movement. Delivery at the scene. Take all appropriate standard precautions. Position the patient. Apply oxygen by nasal cannula at 2 to 4 liters per minute. Create a sterile field. Anticipate vomiting and assess for crowning. Here's a basic obstetrical kit. You're probably going to need more uh, more towels, so you can you might want to bring two obstetrical kits. Um, apply gentle pressure to the head to prevent an explosive delivery. Sorry, this 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 starts getting into the the point where I want to laugh a lot. Tear the amniotic sac if not ruptured. Assess for the possibility of the nuchal cord. Nuchal cord is going to be the cord wrapped around the baby's uh, neck. Suction the airway only if needed. Delivery anterior, then posterior shoulder. Deliver the anterior, then the posterior shoulder. So whatever shoulder is, is facing the mother's front, deliver it first. Support the baby's body with both hands as, as it is delivered. Secure the baby's head, neck, and body and grasp the feet to completely de complete the delivery. Dry the newborn with towels, clamp the cord, and use sterile surgical scissors or a scalpel to cut it. This will all be in your, um, your OB kit. An APGAR score should be done one minute and five minutes after birth. Delivery at the scene, keep the newborn dry and warm. Deliver the placenta. Stand by for just a second. Place a sanitary pad of sterile dressings over the vaginal opening and perineum. Um, control postpartum hemorrhaging. Record the time of delivery, transport the mother, newborn, and placenta to the hospital. Now an APGAR score is going to be appearance, pulse, grimace, 
uh, activity and respirations. So those are the things you're going to assess with APGAR and you're going to give um, appearance of skin color, pulse is obvious, grimace is reflex irritability if you agitate, do like a little sternum rub and it agitates the child. Muscle tone, are they limp, are they, they actually moving their arms and stuff around, and what's their respirations, you know, and then, and then it scores by point. Okay, here comes the fun part. <laughs> Y'all asked for this. Crowning. The vertex of the head is showing showing in the vaginal opening. That's a lot of crowning. It doesn't have to be that much crowning to be imminent. Okay, I'm just telling you. There we go. Once the head is delivered, check if the umbilical cord is around the neck or nuchal cord. Deliver the shoulders with the next contraction. So the anterior shoulder is going to be delivered out here than the posterior shoulder because this is the mother's anterior correct correct oh kaboom there it is all that amniotic fluid just just spraying everywhere Ugh, sorry once the shoulders are delivered the entire torso is likely to be be delivered quickly <laughs> so just saying be prepared here it comes okay very very slippery so get ready and maintain a good grasp on the newborn and keep the baby level with the mother's body. Please don't drop the baby. Please don't drop the baby. Please, hey, I'll say it again. Please don't drop the baby. Provide the newborn care, keeping the baby dry and warm. That's a cute little baby. Clamp and cut the umbilical cord. So we're going to clamp the cord six inches away from the baby's body. And then two clamps are going to be two inches apart. And then we're going to have, if dad's there, let him cut it. If not, you cut it. Oh, mm -mm. there it is. There's the placenta. Mm-hmm. You know, fun fact. Not really fun, but fact. Uh, some people like to take this home and eat it. Mm. I'm sorry. That's that's just making me sick. Uh, if there's anything you don't know about me is that I can't stand other people's fecal matter or um, fluids from the, uh, baby delivery. It's just disgusting. All right, blow by oxygen. So we're gonna provide blow by oxygen on the baby. We're not gonna put that mask on his face. We're just gonna put it about an inch or two away from his face. Let that oxygen blow by, okay, depending on their SpO2, skin condition, that sort of thing. All right, back to the case study. Whew, thank goodness. Lacey reassures the patient and explains that she needs to check and see if the baby is about to be born. Lacey confirms that the delivery is imminent. Lacey pulls on a gown and eye protection and Alan prepares the OB kit. Within 10 minutes, Lacey has assisted with the delivery of the baby girl. What steps are required in the immediate care and assessment of the newborn? What special consideration should be taken if a newborn is premature? Okay, pause the video, write these questions down so that you can answer them as we go along. Abnormal deliveries, uh, signs and symptoms, assessment-based approach, active labor with abnormal delivery, scene size up primary and secondary assess, uh, assessments, any presentation besides normal crowning, meaning if there's an arm, leg, or anything, the butt hanging out of the, the, the woman's vagina, then that's an abnormal presentation. Um, umbilical cord protruding from the vagina, that's abnormal. Amniotic fluid with an abnormal color or smell, that's abnormal. Um, emergency medical care and reassessment, emphasis on immediate transport. We're, we're, if we have an abnormal um, presentation other than crowning we are not delivering that child okay we are elevating the mother we're closing her legs elevating her lower torso 
and we are taking her to the hospital um, as fast as we can. Uh, immediate transport, administer oxygen, continuously monitor vital signs. All right, intrapartum emergencies. Prolapsed cord. The umbilical cord is the presenting part. The cord may be compressed, cutting all the oxygen to the infant. So what's compressing it will be the cervix, okay? Uh, instruct the mother not to push. Administer high concentration oxygen. Put the patient in a knee chest position. That means put her knees to her chest. Okay, elevate her hips, administer oxygen, keep her warm, keep the baby's head away from the cord. Do not attempt to push the cord back in. Wrap the cord in a sterile moist towel. Transport the mother to the hospital, continuing pressure on the baby's head. A breech birth. The buttocks or lower extremities are presenting. This condition presents a high risk of fetal complications. Transport in the supine, head down position. That means her head is lower than her the rest of her body. And you have that body up and so that gravity can take effect and not let that baby come out. You should not attempt to deliver a breach presentation in the field. Please do not. Alright, well, there's a breach delivery, but you can see all those handy dandy scrubs and gowns. They are in a hospital. If a pre-hospital breach delivery is unavoidable, contact medical direction for assistance. Have the mother push hard during contractions. As the infant delivers, support the legs. Allow the legs and buttocks to deliver until the umbilicus is seen. A breech delivery with an entrapped head. Immediately begin emergency transport. See that? Read that again. Immediately begin emergency transport. Administer high flow oxygen. Insert a gloved hand into the vagina and attempt to manually push the cervix over the head of the entrapped fetus. So this is why you need to know your anatomy. Okay? And this is what it's going to look like. That fetus is going to be uh, opened a little bit enough so they get the baby's body out. And then, um, so you can be able to feel it pretty open there. And this is called the Morso Maneuver. Um, as you can see, they're going to, somebody's going to push down on that uterus right here. Okay. You're going to put your hand over that baby's back, push down that head, and you're going to do like a, a swooping motion up. Pull that out like this, and it kind of like a... Uh, I don't know like an underhand throw backwards or something like that but keep that pressure on that uterus so the baby doesn't slip back in um, face chin brow limb and compound presentations and arm or leg is the presenting part vaginal delivery is impossible administer oxygen and transport the patient in an EHS position okay pre-hospital delivery is impossible we're not delivering this child we see this okay it's kind of kind of weird we ever see it but anyway shoulder dystocia the fetus uh, the fetal shoulders are larger than the fetal head the head delivers but then retracts back into the vagina so that kid's got some big wide shoulders probably gonna play football um and the head gets sucked back in you see normal over here shoulder dystocia the uh the, the kid's shoulders are just way too big so uh, the dangers will include Entrapment of the cord, inability of a child's chest to expand properly, severe brain damage, or death if child is not delivered within minutes. Emergency care for shoulder dystocia. Place the patient in the McRoberts position. If the McRoberts position alone does not work, apply suprapubic pressure. That means push down on that pubical area. Um, if the McRoberts position and suprapubic pressure do not allow delivery of the shoulders, um, you might be instructed uh, by medical direction to attempt a Gaskin maneuver. 
So the McRoberts does not change the actual dimensions of the maternal pelvis. It, it relieves shoulder dystocia um, by um, a rotation of the symph symphysis pubis and by flattening the sacrum. So it's kind of like opening, spreading that, that, that area out so that there's more room. Um, it's been known to alleviate 39 to 43% of shoulder dystocias. Precipitous delivery, a baby delivered within three hours of the onset of labor, most common in multiparas. That means these, these ladies have had multiple babies. Um, increased risk of trauma to the baby and the mother. Multiple births, though be prepared for multiple births, multiple births if the abdomen is still very large after one infant is delivered. Uterine contractions continue to be strong after delivering the first infant. Uterine contractions resume about 10 minutes after one infant is delivered. The infant is small compared to the abdomen. Meconium. Meconium is fetal distress. Is, is this fetal distress can lead to the fetal, fetus passing a bowel movement into the amniotic fluid. So the fetus is under distress. It has a bowel movement into the amniotic fluid. Now that's what's going to happen is it's going to um, it's going to breathe this in. Remember, we're, we're, as babies, we are in the womb, we're in that amniotic fluid. So we are, that's coming in and out of our body. So it could, um, the, the, if the meconium stain fluid is aspirated so the child aspirates it, it could cause pneumonia. Medical care. If meconium is present, but the newborn has a good cry or vigorous activity, do not suction. If the baby is depressed or non-vigorous and the uh, heart rate is less than a hundred, or has inadequate respirations, quickly suction the nose and mouth with a bulb syringe and immediately begin PPV, positive pressure ventilation. Preterm labor occurs between the 20th and 37th week of gestation. Cocaine and other drugs are known to induce labor. Emergency care, do not allow the mother to push. Place the mother on oxygen. So we need to know, we need to ask, every time we deal with a pregnant lady, we need to ask, how far along are they? What is their, how many weeks are they gestation? Infant weighing less than five pounds are born before 37th week of gestation, uh, uh, prone to hypothermia and respiratory problems. Care for a premature baby. Dry the newborn thoroughly. Use warm blankets or a plastic bubble bag swaddle. Use gentle suction if it is necessary to clear the airway. Prevent bleeding from the umbilical cord. Administer supplemental oxygen if needed and prevent contamination. Post-term pregnancy, which is delivery beyond 42 weeks of gestation, causes post-maturity syndrome, a deterioration of conditions necessary to support a well-being of the baby, increased risk of complications, increased risk of intrapartum hypoxia. Premature rupture of membranes or PROM, Spontaneous rupture of the amniotic sac prior to the onset of true labor and before the end of the 37th week of gestation. Increased risk of infection. Prevents adequate lubrication of the vaginal canal at the time of birth. Postpartum uh, refers to the period following delivery and involves the mother. Postpartum hemorrhage, a loss of greater than 500 milliliters of blood occurs after delivery. The uterus fails to regain tone after delivery. Manage this condition with fundal massage, administer oxygen, and transport the patient. Embolism. Pregnant and postpartum patients are at increased risk of forming blood clots 
which can lead to pulmonary embolism. Amniotic fluid embolism may occur. Patients can present with shortness of breath, syncope, tachycardia, sharp chest pain, hypotension, cyanosis, and pale, cool, clammy skin. For an embolism, ensure adequate ventilation and maximize oxygenation. Transport the patient. Okay, the care for a newborn. General considerations, neonates lose body heat quickly. Immediately dry the newborn. Wrap the baby in a blanket or a plastic bubble bag swaddle. Suction to clear the airway only if obstruction, is bre obstruction to breathing is present. Place the newborn on their back with neck slightly extended in a sniffing position. Score your APGAR one to five minutes, one and five minutes after birth. Score each category with a zero, one, or two for appearance, pulse, grimace, activity, and respirations. Use the APGAR to determine the need for resuscitation. Seven to ten points provide routine care. Four to six points stimulate and provide oxygen. Zero to three points provide care, including oxygen, positive pressure ventilation, and CPR. If the newborn is not breathing adequately, stimulate. Excuse me. If the newborn is not breathing adequately, stimulate by rubbing the back or flicking the soles of the feet. Continually assess the newborn during transport. Here's your emergency care algorithm uh, for obstetric emergencies. You can look at this and, and uh, learn it. All right. Assessment. Most newborns require only routine care. Of those who require more care, most need only oxygen and bag valve mass ventilation. A few newborns require chest compressions and advanced care. Expected SpO2 readings in a newborn are based on preductal readings obtained from the right upper extremity. The expected SpO2 takes several minutes to reach normal levels. So don't freak out if you don't get an expected SpO2 right off the bat. Targeted preductal SpO2 after birth, one minute, 60 to 65%. So you see, as time goes on, the SpO2 reading is going to go up. Emergency medical care. The majority of newborns who require intervention require only simple measures. Newborn bradycardia is a heart rate of less than 100 beats per minute. Labored breathing, apnea, and persistent cyanosis typically respond by blow-by oxygen or to bag valve mass ventilations. Stimulate the infant who is not breathing by flicking the soles of their feet or by rubbing their back. These three questions guide the need for resuscitation. Is this a term gestation? Does the newborn have a good cry or are they breathing adequately? Does the newborn have good muscle tone? Here's your assessment initial management of the newborn. Please look over this. Some of the stuff we just went over, um, but you need to look over and you need to understand it. You're going to see this stuff again, folks, I promise you. All right, interventions within 30 seconds of delivery, dry and warm the newborn, position the airway, suction if there is obstruction of breathing, stimulate by flicking the soles of the baby's feet or rubbing their back. The inverted pyramid for neonatal resuscitation shows that the majority of newborns will respond to simple routines of care. Only a few will require aggressive resuscitation. So we look over here, we see EMT, we dry, warm, suction, position, tactile stimuli, 
oxygen, BVM, chest compressions, advanced life support, endotracheal intubation, excuse me, and medications. Positive pressure ventilation, clear the airway by suction, provide ventilations by bag valve mask at the rate of 40 to 60 per minute, reassess every 30 seconds. If breathing has not improved, continue ventilations. To provide positive pressure ventilation, use a bag valve mask, maintain a good mask seal. Ventilate with just enough force to raise the infant's chest. Ventilate at a rate of 40 to 60 per minute for 30 seconds, then reassess. If the infant's heart rate drops to less than 60, continue ventilations and begin chest compressions. So even though they have a heart rate, if it's less than 60 beats per minute, we are doing chest compressions. To provide chest compressions, you know how to do this. Circle uh, two, two thumbs in the chest, and it's uh, if there's two providers, it's 15 and two. If there's only one provider, it's 15, uh, th excuse me, 30 and two. And we're doing a compression rate of 100 to 120 beats per minute. Meconium present at birth. The newborn is crying vigorously with good respiratory effort and good muscle tone. Newborn has absent or depressed respirations, poor muscle tone, or a heart rate of less than 100 beats per minute. All right, our case study conclusion. As Lacey assists the delivery of the placenta and monitors, the mother, Alan, determines that the newborn has one-minute APGAR score of seven and a five-minute APGAR score of eight. Alan ensures that the baby is dry and warm and hands them to the mother. En route, the EMTs continue to monitor both patients who are stable on arrival at the hospital. Okay, our summary. Pregnancy results in physiological changes to severe body systems, excuse me, to several body systems. Antepartum emergencies include hemorrhagic emergencies and hypertensive emergencies. There are three stages of normal labor. Most abnormal deliveries cannot take place in the pre-hospital setting. Newborn resuscitation begins with simple measures such as drying, warming, and stimulation. All right, we'll see you next time.